feel like running. of home I'm running my last mile home I want to preach to you for a few moments from the word of God if you have your Bibles from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 as you get there just stand with me as we read the word of God this morning presence of God in this house, in this place. How many would say with me this morning, God, do a work in me. Do a work in me. Even if you're a Christian today, and even the more so, God, do a work in me. I didn't come here, Father, to leave empty. I came here to leave touched of you. God praise. Amen. Do a work in me. This morning, as we get into the scripture, I want to preach. I told some of the brethren before, as we prayed before the service this morning, I said, I don't have time to get into all that this subject entails. So it's more of a condensed sermon version when I'm saying well you're gonna preach you can preach for six hours you might be able to cover it all but uh, I'm not gonna preach for six hours I heard somebody say amen but I am going to give you a word that I believe is relevant and has been relevant for some time but every day it becomes even more important as we draw near. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 23 through, I mean, excuse me, 13 through 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you, fall, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will with him bring those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Let me say that again. The Lord himself, Jesus, our Savior, the one who died over 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary, who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. The word said the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Then we who are alive and remain, look around at somebody and say, that could be you. That could be me. 
Come on, somebody. We who are alive and remain. Whoa. The Bible said that we shall be caught up together. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Hallelujah. To a land on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. And the word said not only that, but he said, and therefore shall we always forevermore be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Man, I don't know about you, but I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this house today to give us hope and to shake us and wake us that we might prepare, amen, to God for the rapture, which I believe is imminent and it is moment it could happen it could happen while we're here right now it could happen while we're worshiping it could happen while I'm preaching it could happen while we're sleeping it could happen dear God on our jobs it could happen wherever you're at at any moment we are that close and this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 and 52 the word said I tell you mystery some people don't understand what I'm talking about this morning. They don't understand how come we get excited when we talk about the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church. We shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Brother JB, I might have six hours in me because I'm feeling something. I'm just picking, but I'm feeling something. I'm feeling the anointing of the Lord in this house. Billy Graham preached it for many, many years, salvation. He preached making sure you were ready. He preached the coming of the Lord. Many pastors, many evangelists have preached this. Hey, man, the coming of the Lord. I'm telling you, if you're not ready, you better get ready. If you're not ready, you better get ready. And there's only one way to get ready. We're going to talk about that this morning. Father, we ask you to add your blessing to the reading of your word. We ask you to hide me behind the cross of Calvary. As my dear wife prayed earlier, Lord, give me the words to say. Father, let the words come from heaven. And God, let our hearts receive it. In the blessed name of Jesus, and may you accomplish a work within us. May you do a work in our life that when we leave this place, we'll never ever be the same. And we'll give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord the greatest hand you can give him in the house. You can be seated. As I think about the rapture, I get excited. All my life, we've been talking about the Lord coming and the Lord taking his bride away. We've sung about it. The rapture itself, I want to remind you, could happen at any moment. 
what would it take, amen, to God, and what would it look like this morning to get left behind? A few years ago, I was watching a video, and there were some folks in church there, and they were all seemed to be worshiping, and the preacher was preaching, and they were receiving of the word of the Lord, and then all of a sudden in the midst of that video, you heard a, a loud sound. Everything went dark for a moment, just a split second, uh, as if it was a twinkling of an eye, and all of a sudden uh, the crowd had, uh, had begun to be transformed in number. Uh, the video was uh, uh, was a thought of what could happen even in the midst of a church because many think because they go to church, they're going to heaven, and that's not so. Unfortunately, amen, as it is in the world, there'll be those that are in the church should the Lord come in that moment. There'll be those that are left behind. Oh, God, it's our job to share the urgency of this message in that video, these people that were left behind begin to look around and, and they begin to wonder where was everybody at, what had happened, and then it dawned on them and they begin to fall on their face and begin to pray and begin to seek God. Don't wait until the coming of the Lord or the rapture to seek him. Seek him now while he may be found. Call upon him today so that you don't miss Amen, the rapture. You don't want to go through the tribulation, my friend. You think we're having struggles now. You think the, the, the grocery stores have increased in inflation and gas prices have gone up and wages have been a struggle and you think it's, it's bad now. When you go through the tribulation period, it's going to be a time like this world has never seen. Can I tell you today, you don't have to go through tribulation. There's a Lord and Savior who has said to you, Give him glory today. You don't have to miss heaven or miss the rapture today. Uh, can you imagine what it would be like? Think about it for a moment if you yourself were not prepared. Well, why focus on the rapture? What's so important about this subject? Oh, it's more than just thinking about the excitement of it all. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. Oh, when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Oh, come on, somebody. What's so important about this subject? What does it mean? Oh, it's one we've sung about oftentimes for many years, and it's brought encouragement. It's brought hope. It's one in, in which many have penned the very heart of what it means to know Jesus is coming for his people. There's a song that says, starts out in this fashion, if we never meet meet again on this earth, my precious friend. If to God we have been true and we've lived above all sin, then for us there'll be a meeting. Oh, there's going to be a greeting. I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. Oh, I think not only about that song and I'll fly away. I think about this song too. It says high up 
upon the mountain from where he ascended. The angel of the Lord declared that it would be. He said, don't stand there grieving for the one that you see leaving in like manner. He's coming back for you and me. And I believe he's coming back like he said. I believe that a trumpet's going to sound so loud. One day it'll wake the dead. Come on, somebody. How many hear what I'm talking about this morning? Oh, the words were pinned into the heart of those who wrote them. And then there was a song that would stir within our heart and the Holy Spirit would move within our in our lives. And it would say, watch ye, therefore you know not the day when the Lord shall call your soul away. If you're striving, fighting for the right, you shall wear a robe and crown. Oh, and then finally, I can't forget about this one, and there's many, many others. The word said, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpet will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies. Going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. I want to ask you this morning, are you rapture ready? Are you ready should the trumpet sound? Are you ready to meet the Lord in the air? This event has been on the hearts of many who've been looking for his appearing. Many have longed to be a part of this glorious experience. The word rapture is generally defined as a feeling. I like this in, in a general dictionary. It's defined as a feeling of intense pleasure or joy. And don't you know that those words can't even describe what it's going to be like? When the trumpet sounds and gravity has to turn you loose. They want to follow the science. I'm going to follow Jesus. There's no way. Gravity, there's no way. Amen. That you can just lift off from this earth like a jet plane headed. Amen. Out of this world. I'm going to tell you, yes, there is. Because no matter what science says, God created it all. And if God says gravity, turn it loose. I got news for you. They can follow the science all day long. But when the trumpet sounds, those who are saved, amen, those who know Jesus as Savior, even gravity will not hold you down. It's going to be an, atten uh, 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 an, uh, 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 an intense pleasure and joy, one like we've never known. The Greek word is called harpazo. I like that word because many have argued, said, well, there is no rapture because the word rapture is not used in the Bible. Well, if you don't want to be raptured, stay here. Amen. Stick around for the tribulation if you don't want to go. But my Bible says they'll be caught up. Harpazo, translated rapture. 
theological idiots that want to try to explain away the rapture. Come on, somebody. You know, that just determines to me that somebody ain't ready to go. If you're trying to explain it away, there must be some sin in your life that you ain't ready to meet Jesus. There must be some things, amen, that will prohibit you from gravity turning you loose. Come on, can I preach it for a minute? This might be a two-part message. I don't know. Or I might preach for three hours. I'm not being funny, but there are people that will try to, 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 to theologically explain the rapture away. But Paul said it in these words. He said, they shall be caught up together to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. To be caught up, to be raptured, amen, harposa, to be snatched up. That word, Greek word harposa, literally means to be snatched away or to seize. The word said the bridegroom is coming for his bride. He's going to seize possession of that in which he has bought with a price. Come on, somebody. And he has given us the earnest of his spirit. I want you to know you could be walking along and all of a sudden the trumpet sound and you'll be snatched away. Man, I feel him up in this house. I, I want to be snatched away. Oh, why? Because I don't have time. This is not supposed to be an exhaustive message. This is just supposed to touch on some points that are important that help us to realize how, how, how urgent it is for us to get ready for the rapture because it's coming. I said it's coming. It's coming. Look at everything that's going on around us, and it's coming. Is there going to be a snatching away? Is there going to be a catching up of the saints? Yes, you better believe it. And it's not just going to be those who are living. The Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we who are alive will meet them in the air. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. That means, Daddy, I'll meet you in the rapture. Grandma, I'll meet you in the rapture. Yes, son or daughter who died in the Lord, I'll meet you in the rapture. Come on, somebody. Preacher who preached and cared for me in my life, in the season of his ministry, who's gone on. I see in the rapture. I got news for somebody today. This is not the end. The rapture will be the beginning for all eternity for that which lies ahead for the child of God. Hmm. Why is this a glorious time for the Christian? Luke chapter 21. Turn there with me if you will. Please. Man, I, I, I just... I feel happy in this place. 
Let me slow down for a little bit because everybody likes to post on Facebook and, and, and talk about us preachers that jump all over the place. And they think we don't have no, no solid doctrine because we're jumping all over the place. Well, let me slow down for a minute. Luke chapter 21, verse 34 said, Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. Listen to what the Lord is saying. He's saying, For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. What does it mean that the Lord is going to come and he's going to catch us away and the dead in Christ are going to rise first? It means that we'll be able to escape what is coming upon the earth. I'm not I don't have time to get in uh, to to our doctrine and our beliefs on the uh, pre-tribulation rapture, but that's what we believe. According to the scriptures and according to the study of the prophetic, we believe that the trumpet is going to sound before the seven-year tribulation begins. And Jesus was saying, be ready and don't be living life. Amen. As if Christ doesn't matter, don't be living life is if you don't need him don't be living life as a Christian who has forgot how to walk with the Lord don't be living life as some religious theologian amen is trying to explain away the truth of the gospel he says this you'll be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life don't you let yourself get caught up in the worldly things and allow them to imprison you but keep your trust in the Lord today. Why is this important? Because if you let the world imprison you with the cares of this life, that day will come unexpectedly and you might find yourself, hallelujah, left behind. Preacher, I don't want to talk about this. It's important. I had a crazy theological preacher one time. Now let, me, let me just go ahead and sit there. Anybody ever read the old time power? Bishop, you remember, I can't think of his name now, but you remember that one in particular pastor, preacher, evangelist that was going around, God was moving. Lives were being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Crowds were coming and filling up the building. Wherever he was at, tent, wherever he was at. And then in that book, this is this almost made me not want to get into the IPHC, but it wasn't his fault, so I, I came on. I'm so glad I did. But this man said, well, you know, the crowd started dropping off. So he had to come up with something to get the crowds coming back again. So what did he do? He started preaching. There was a, another baptism, three other baptisms. There was a baptism of dynamite. 
Tell me if I'm right. You remember that, don't you? The baptism of Ledite. And I think what was the baptism of Exumite or something of that nature. He started preaching that behind, behind the podium where he could draw a crowd. I'm telling you, people got excited, and this one lady even testified to the fact that she had received all three baptisms. Come on now. That's why it's important to get in your Bible and read your Bible. That's why I pray that God helps me to stay within the confines of that word. If I share my opinion, I will most likely most time tell you this is my opinion. But get in your Bible. There is no three other baptisms of dynamite, Ledite, and Exomite, or whatever that case may be. But this woman, he man, she she said she, she had received all three. Well, I, I know a preacher here many years ago who was pastoring in, in the local town where we were pastoring, and he had a radio broadcast that he would go on to, and he would supposedly share the word. And he got on there one morning. I was listening to him. He said, Lord, have mercy. I'm praying to be left behind. I don't want to go in the rapture. I said, did you hear that? How crazy. I said, so he didn't stop there because he knew people had questions. Why? He said, well, I'll tell you why. He said, because the tribulation period is going to be the greatest times of ministry this world's ever seen. Well, I don't believe so. I believe there'll be people who'll turn to God. And there'll be people who'll get saved during that period. The Bible talks about that. But there won't be the greatest period of ministry this world's ever seen. As a matter of fact, there'll be those... Let him see, the Bible said the redeemed going to be called up so he don't have no choice anyway. If he's truly redeemed, he don't get to make that choice. But the Bible said that the redeemed will be called up. Those that are saved will be called up. Why? To escape this time. This time is not going to be a pretty time. The tribulation is not going to be something to embrace. I, I got I to gotta move quickly because I don't want to lose you, but there's two other, two other points I want to make this morning. What does it mean? What does the rapture mean? It means an escaping of that which is to come and a coming home, amen, to an eternal home with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Number two, what are the signs that the rapture is near? Look around you. Look around you. If you can't look around you and see how near we are, I pray that God will open your eyes. There is such a breakdown of morality in society today, and it explains the fact that how we are closer than we've ever been. There is such, the, the, the word said they'll call evil good and good evil, won't they? 
It's the words said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that, that we should know this. Look at somebody and say, know this. Know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. We ain't even seen it yet. We still, some of us, don't know how blessed we are. We ain't really, we're living in, in those times, but still some of us have not felt the impact of those times. What are you talking about? You ain't walking down the road with a tent on your back sleeping in the woods somewhere, are you? You ain't standing on the street corner begging for bread, are you? Your basic needs have been met. You're blessed. But the word said that in the last days perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves. It's all about me, me, me. It's all about what I can get out of life, what I can get out of relationships, how I can come out on top in every circumstance that there is. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and parents who won't even attempt to get their children in check. I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I feel the Lord want me to say it, that you ought not to be so close-minded. Come on, somebody. And I will tell you right now, if my youngin' does something wrong, you let me know and, and it will be straightened out. I've always told him or her that if I defend you, you better be in the right, because if you're in the wrong, I will not defend you. But we've got parents today that will defend their kids to the death when they need to be corrected. I wonder why we got last night, I got, well, this morning we got a phone call, my ring went off. My ring, for those of you who don't know what a ring is, it's one of those doorbell-looking things. And, and I promise you, there's some other different kind of things that attach to that. My ring went off 1230 this morning. Woke me up. I got up. I looked outside. I thought, my goodness, what in the world going on here? Didn't see anything. I said, well, I'm going back to sleep. About 30 minutes later, it rung again. Well, this morning we got a phone call. Somebody had went into the neighbor's cars and, and, and they had, had ransacked the cars and looking for money. Well, I keep our doors locked. So anyway, thank God we got out there and we looked and we saw what was that nothing had happened, thankfully, to our vehicles. But uh, all I think all up down the, the one strip there, they had went, somebody had went through cars. I don't know what they were doing, whether they were looking for something or whatever. But my, my, my mind goes back to what the Bible said. If you train them up in the way they should go when they grow old, they will not depart. Now, I don't mean that they won't find themselves a fallen place. That means, amen to God, that you as a parent need to understand that when your child is disobedient to you, it's your job to straighten it out. Y'all mad with me yet? 
Come on, somebody. It's my job to straighten it out. Why? Because they're disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Amen to God. You can give them the world and it still ain't enough. Unholy because they don't even understand how to reverence God anymore. Not just children, people in general, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. They'd rather talk about you than they had lift you up in prayer. And without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, always trying to find fault in the church, always trying to find fault in the goodness of God through the ministry of good people, even to the point of trying to make their good look evil. But somebody need to hear what I'm saying this morning. He said this will be the sign that we are near the coming of the Lord in the last days. They are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God today. Hard stuff, but I've words say they have a form of godliness. Have a form of godliness. But deny the power thereof or the authority thereof or the discipleship or whatever the case may be. From such turn away. Then the word talks about a falling away. Anybody remember the great falling away that we hear about? Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, that day would not come unless the falling away comes first. People who have been drifting away and letting the world tempt them and embracing the world over their relationship with God. Your oil will run out. Amen. People who care not about God anymore. Can I tell you right now, the church is not at the top of the list in America anymore. We're on the hit list. You might not think so, but we are. There are those that can see the light and they understand the relevance of the church and and that they need to connect with God and become a part of the church. But we're living in the last days where all that I just read to you is happening. And not the first time has this, I'm going to say this publicly, not the first time have I seen this administration with godly men and women laying hands on them and praying for them for the leadership of God in our country. Not publicly have I seen it. I'm telling you, if any country is going to to be blessed, it needs to turn to God. We're living in that day. How do we know the seasons of the times? Increase in knowledge. Daniel 12, 4 said, God said, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. 
It's a great sign in the last hundred years of we've had a great explosion of knowledge. And it has brought corruption right along with it in so many ways. We've also seen the rise of anti-Semitism where there are many who cannot stand the Jewish people. David calls upon God to protect Israel from all their enemies. How many God knows God's got his hand on Israel? Amen. There has been so, so many over generations who have hated them, but there's been an increase in that. Homosexuality is on the rise. Oh, preacher, don't go there. I've got family that are living that way. Well, I just got to tell you, if you're gay, you'll stay. You're being mean. That's not loving. No, you're being deceived, and that ain't holy. Oh, God, the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Homosexuality is again on the rise. We, we know what happened in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. I've heard many people say, well, God will have to apologize to, to, to Sodom and Gomorrah if he don't do something here in America. That's an opinion. God don't have to apologize to anybody. God knows how to handle his business. And you will reap what you sow. Whether you're a nation or whether you're an individual, you're going to reap what you sow. Homosexuality is on the rise again. It used to be where uh, people stayed in the closet and they, they didn't want to come out. And then they came out of the closet now. And, and, and not only are they coming out of the closet, they're trying to get the world, including church folk, to, to accept them and to say, oh, well, God loves everybody. You better believe he does. And there are going to be many that are left behind that God loved all the way to the cross, but they never would kneel at the cross and meet Jesus there and surrender there all. There are many that God will love all the way to the gates of hell. And I want to tell you this, if those refuse the truth of God and homosexuality and embrace that lifestyle until you repent and turn away from it, you are bound to miss the rapture. God loves you and he wants you to live in the truth and be set free from that demonic attack and spirit of lie that has come upon your life. Be free by the truth today. Homosexuality is on the rise. And then what are some of the signs? And this is not exhaustive, but Israel's been mighty blessed in these last years since 1948, amen? even through some of the conflict that they've had to deal with over the years. The Word of God said in Ezekiel chapter 38 that after many days you will be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel which have been desolate 
They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. Uh, in this time, they, many have made their journey back to Israel. Many are still, amen, making their journey. There have been, been those that have been encouraging the Jewish people to go back home over the last several years and to get ready. This is how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And the word said in verse 11 of chapter 38 of Ezekiel, he said, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go into a peaceful people who dwell safely, and all them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. And then verse 14 said, Son of man, prophesy and say to God, thus says the Lord, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? We get approaching that time, we find that the nations, amen, are going to find Israel dwelling in that safety and in that, in that security, and they're going to turn, amen, against Israel. But God's hand, somebody shout, God's hand is going to be upon them. Hallelujah. Well, preacher, are we living in these times? You better believe we're living in these times. And you better believe that these are just a, a, some of the signs that point to the rapture being at any moment. And then finally, are you ready? Hannah Grace, come on to the keyboard, if you will, please. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready? Look at somebody around you and say, are you ready? I won't put you on the spot, but are you ready? You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to take a chance of missing this grand event. You don't want to take the risk of being left behind. You think it's hard now? Some people say, well, you know, I'll come to God whenever I want to. Woe unto them who give suck in those days. Come on, somebody. Preacher, but let, let me just share. You've talked about, let, let, let me just give you a wake-up call. When you're hungry and you're starving and you got to choose Jesus and starve to death or choose the mark of the beast and live a little while longer, what choice you going to make? you got to take the mark to buy and sell. What choice are you going to make? Now you don't want to live in the you don't want to live in the rapture. You don't want to live in, in, in tribulation. Some of the hardest things, hardest times this world have ever seen, the hardest times that's going to take place during the last three and a half years of that tribulation. First three and a half years is going to be peace. Everything going to look good. Last three and a half years, uh-oh. What happened? What happened was preachers for generations have preached it and some have heeded the call and many kept walking away. Many rejected him. What happened? First Thessalonians 4 and 14 said, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. The rapture is an event that only the saved by grace will experience. 
Stand with me if you will, please. Why, why is this? A, you're either saved or you ain't. You're not halfway saved. You're not halfway ain't. You're either saved or you ain't. Preacher, that's being judgmental. No, that's compassionate. I want you, if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, I want you to be my brother and sister in Christ. I want you to be adopted into the family of God. Why? Because that's where you belong. Every one of us in here, whether we're saved or unsaved, where do you belong? You belong birthed into the kingdom of God. You belong to be forgiven of all your sins and born again by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God. We have that Spirit by which we cry, Abba, Father. Yes. saved are ready because of their faith. I want to just share real briefly and I'm going to give an altar call. They were ten virgins. I don't have time to get into all the, the points and the breakdown of this story. But simply, there were ten virgins and Jesus talked about them. Matthew 25, he said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. I'm going to liken this to, to not just the unsaved living in our communities, but church folk, church people, people who go to church, who know the Lord, who know Him as our only hope. They went to meet the bridegroom. Verse 2 said five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took the oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. In other words, they had their lamp, they had their vessels, and they had oil. Five of them, they were ready. Because they knew if they ran out of oil, they needed more oil to go in the lamp, to keep the lamp burning, to get them through and sustained them until the bridegroom showed up. But there were five foolish, and they didn't do that. They just grabbed their lamps, and they took off. They took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered, and they slept. They, they just waiting on the bridegroom. But then there came a shout. At midnight, they heard a voice say, The bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. All five of them woke up, grabbed their lamps, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish looked over and said to the wise, Oh, come on, somebody. It said, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise said, No, we can't give it to you unless we run out. But go and, and, and buy from those who sell. And when they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Oh, after the ten virgins, uh, five virgins came back and said, Lord, Lord, open the door. But he answered them, I don't know who you are. 
Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. What does this have to do with anything? Well, it has a whole lot to do, amen, to God with this in mind, that the wise had all in their lamps. Having a lamp alone was not sufficient. Going to church alone is not sufficient. Believing in the Lord alone is not sufficient. You must be born again and saved. And you must have the Spirit of God within your life. You have to be filled with the Spirit. You say, well, preacher, how do you know this? Romans 8 and 9 said, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. The Spirit does not dwell in you. You don't belong to God. The Word said in Ephesians chapter 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. We need to maintain our lives, yielding ourselves to the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In other words, we don't just say the sinner's prayer and go live a life back to the old life of sin. We make our journey in faith and in relationship with God. How do we keep the Spirit of God flowing into our life and keep ourselves in relationship with God the way we ought to so that we can keep our, ourselves full through consistency in a prayer life, through our worship life? It refreshes us and renews us and, and, the, and we're filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. The foolish virgins took their lamps, but they had no oil and they fell asleep. And at midnight, the cry rang out, the bridegroom's coming. They had no oil. They cried out for oil from the wise virgins, but they said to the ones, go buy oil for yourselves. Why? Because only God can save you, not anybody else around you. Give him praise. You don't get your oil from the pastor. You don't get your all from the evangelist. You don't get your all from the Sunday school teacher. You get your all from God through His Spirit and by His Spirit. Notice this, and I'm coming to a close, that the, the virgins, like I said, I don't have time to get into an exhaustive study, but it's a powerful study just on them alone. The virgins told him, said, go out and get your own oil. Go buy it from those who sell. So you got to understand something. They went out and they prepared because they made a choice to. Everybody in here has got a choice. You can either be like the five wise virgins and you can pull up to the filling station of God's love and grace and let him refresh and renew you in the spirit. This ain't something that should just take place once a year or once on Sunday. This should be a daily desire for our lives. Why? 
Because if it's not a daily desire for our lives, the world will be. And the cares of the world will. And little by little, we'll find ourselves growing empty and weak into the place to where we literally have run out of oil. And we need to be filled again. And we need to be ready again. Some of you today need to be ready again. You need to be filled again. The cares of this life have worked on you. But you need the Spirit of God to fill you again, refresh you and renew you so that you will be alert and you will be awake and you'll be ready. You'll be prepared for the, when that time comes that your lamps will be full, your heart will be ready. Father, today I've preached what you've given me. God, I pray that you would let it fall not only on the ears but on the heart today. God, I believe that you have, have desired to encourage us with the hope of the rapture and then also prepare us for the imminent experience of the rapture by those who have been saved and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I ask you this morning, if there are anybody that doesn't know the Lord as Savior, God, if there's anybody who who may have just walked away from you and, and, and not, not allowed themselves to be filled with the Spirit and the world is just drawing them away from you and they're not ready, Lord, for the coming of Christ. Lord, I pray right now that you would just quicken their heart, quicken their spirit. And Lord, you'll be glorified by it all in Jesus' name. I want to ask you this morning, if there's anyone that would say, Preacher, I want oil in my lamp. I need a refreshing and renewing and a filling of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I've come today to pray and ask God to do that for me. And I've come and asked God through worship to fill me again with a refreshing renewing and to help me to be ready and to help me to keep all in my vessel that I may have all that I need to be prepared for that time when the bridegroom cometh. If this is you this morning, amen, then I want you to just step out from where you're at. Preacher, I've got other needs. Well, step out from where you're at. And I want you to come to this altar with a heart that is surrendered to God and said, I believe that God's able to fill me. I believe that God is able to meet this need within my life. I believe he can heal my body. I believe that he can, can save my children. I believe that he can do a work that I can do. In the name of Jesus, I ask and pray right now, Lord, as they are coming, maybe there are those that are watching by social media today that need to understand that if we're not born again, if we're not uh, uh, have the Spirit of God within our lives, and we'll not be ready for the rapture. And God, we need to be ready. Lord, there are those that are lost and undone without you. They need Christ. They need to know you, Lord. And they need to accept you. They need to repent of their sin. And Lord, they need to understand through the Word of God that we are living, we are living, breathing testimony of the prophecy of your word that is taking place right now. And Lord, I give you glory. I give you praise. 
while these that are coming today, Lord, I pray that you will remind us of the imminent coming, Lord, of the moment when that trumpet will sound and all the dead in Christ shall rise first and all those who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Well, high upon a mountain from where he ascended the angel of the Lord declared that it would be and he said don't stand there grieving for the one that you see leaving in like manners coming Believe that a trumpet's gonna sound so loud One day it'll wake the dead In the twinkling of an eye He'll split the eastern sky And I believe he's coming back like he said I believe the time is nearing We'll soon see his appearing Yes, this could be the hour This could be the day When the saints from every nation Will lose our gravitation In the middle of called away and I believe he's coming back like he said I believe that a trumpet's gonna sound so loud one day he'll wake the dead in the twinkling of an eye he'll split the eastern sky and I believe he's coming back like he said how many believe that this morning hallelujah look at somebody around you and tell them I'm ready if you're ready if you're not I pray that you'll get ready that you'll let the word of God just wake you up and and just begin to minister to your spirit, your soul. You'll find your place. Restoration with God. We love you today. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands in fellowship in the name of the Lord. We look forward to the good things of God. Even in such a time as we live in. Encourage one another. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you.